0: And welcome to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets bent. This is episode 157, and tonight we're taking a look at the major studio release, Don't Breathe. And also, it's the return of the crapshoot. And you're going to find out whether or not the independent movie, Chill, colon, The Killing Games, is worth your time, or... It's just another log of poo on that giant pile. Only time will tell. But we'll be right back with the show right after I play this really exciting promo for some other bullshit podcast, which I'm sure is really fabulous. What a terrible thing to say. I'm a horrible host. I'm a horrible person. Hi, Smoochie. I'm about to be murdered. Okay. (laughs) Okay. One dark and stormy night in the mid-80s,
1: Joe Bob Briggs, Harlan Ellison, and the ghost of El Santo pulled a train on Elvira while Siskel and Ebert sobbingly masturbated in the corner. From that union arose the greatest movie critic and luchador that ever lived. we're not going to talk about him. He's kind of a dick. Instead, we're going to talk about me, El Goro, the stuttering movie fan and host of the Talk Without Rhythm podcast. Every week on Talk Without Rhythm, I discuss two to three movies tangentially tied together by a theme. I cover action. And the most complete fighter in the world. Sci-fi. Open the pod bay doors, El. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Horror. Oh, no tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. And the continuing adventures of James Spader, sexual deviant. You're not worried that I'm gonna fuck you, are you? I'm not interested in that. Not a waste. Now pull up your skirt. So check me out at tworpodcast.blogspot.com, drunkenzombie.com, or subscribe on iTunes. Talk without rhythm, the only podcast that will not attract the world. Adios!
0: So welcome back, everybody, and hey, if you're new, thanks for joining us. It's great to have you here. Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Patrick, and I'm going to be your host for the next, uh, probably going to be close to an hour and a half this time. And I'm going to be your guide through the wonderful and weird world of the horror movie genre, but a seen through my very, very gay little eyes. Doesn't that sound like fun? Too bad, because that's what we're doing. Well... I'm a little cranky right now, because it's 5.30 in the morning, and I'm having one of those nights where a certain little kitty will not let me sleep. Yeah, Miss Smoochie's been up to her old tricks lately. She had a vet visit earlier in the week, and she's now up to a whopping 28 pounds. So she started on a rather radical diet. So she's not happy with me. I mean, she's never happy, but now she's really, really, really not happy with me. But hey, at least her blood work came back good. Her blood's fine. Her organs are fine. She's just fat. She's just fat, and part of that's my fault, I know that, because she, I, I let her bully me into feeding me. And you're like, oh, whoa, you're a big wuss, you let a cat bully you. If you saw the size of this animal and heard how loud she is and how terrifying she gets, when she, you've heard her. You've heard her, those of you have been listening for a while, and when all of a sudden there's like a freaking jaguar loose, hissing and snarling. She gets scary, okay? It's scary, but no, I gotta put my foot down and say we gotta get skinny together, young lady. We gotta get skinny together. Because, yes, I'm... My show's opening next week, all of a sudden. That's the Underpants Goodell at the Secret Theater in Long Island City. In which I'll be in a state of undress. But no, my bursitis shoulder has been preventing me from going to the gym. So I'm not gonna be the ripped god that I want it to be. I'll just be a slightly flabby god, but a god, nonetheless, uh, this came up quickly, this this rehearsal period has been extremely short, extremely stressful, lots of fun, but it's gonna be a great show, if you're in the area, please come see it, I'll have information on the website, and on the various social media forums, it's a good... I do want to take a quick moment to clarify something that happened at the beginning of the last episode before we go on any further. In his anniversary phone call to me, Flem the Gargoyle, you know, my my pet demon thing that... Yeah, well, you know what he is. But we just tr- I'm trying not to talk about him because, you know, he's got those ears and he'll... You know, I just don't want to wake him up. But that's not neither here nor there. He said in his anniversary call... I shit in Sincerity Hat. Well, that he shat in Sincerity Hat. And I had people writing and commenting, what did he say? And I realized, not all of you follow me on Facebook or Instagram, and so you don't know about the sensation that is, was, and always will be Sincerity Hat. When I was going to Denver in July, I don't know, I was going through this thing, and I said, you know what, I'm tired of baseball caps. You know, I am a balding, super white dude in his 40s with red hair and blue eyes to walk around in the summer without a hat is to tempt skin cancer. And I knew he was going to be outside walking around a lot in Denver, so I said, I need a hat but I don't wanna wear a baseball hat. So I was just out, you know, buying clothes for the trip anyway, and I saw this little straw hat, and I said, I hate these hats, they're stupid. I put it on my head anyway, and I said, oh my God, I look super cute. And I bought it. And I felt a little self-conscious the first time I wore it, because I realized, my God, how many people will be looking at me going, oh, look at him wearing that stupid hat ironically. And I said, I am not wearing this ironically. So I took a picture of me in the hat and I posted it up on the sites. And I said, this is my new hat. I am not wearing it ironically. This is not my sincerity hat. I only tell truth in hashtag sincerity hat. And next thing you know, sincerity hat, had a life and a following All its own. People were like, oh, what's Sincerity hat up to now? I don't know. The hat's more fucking popular than I am. But yes, that's what that meant. And here's the funny thing. Here's the funny thing. After I bought the hat, but before I went to Denver, my mother is talking to me on the phone. And as those of you who have been listening for a while know, my mother is a great mom. She may not be the most book-smart person in the world, but she has her own weird sense of wisdom. And she says to me, Patrick, d- do you have something for your head for when you're in Denver? And I said, yeah, yeah, I just bought a new hat. She said, it's good. It's good. Because, you know, it's the mile-high city, so it's that much closer to the sun, so you'll probably get a worse a burn. 'Cause that's how that works, Mom. Oh, and you know, just to go back to the hat. Go back to the hat. I haven't left the hat. <laughs> when I was in Denver, and still self-conscious about it, wearing the hat. Now with my red hair and my newly dyed red beard, strangers on the street, as I was walking by, they'd be like, "Hey." It's Van Gogh! And I realized, yeah, I do look like Van Gogh, except I got both my ears. And I got that a lot. And then, you know, even though there were 5,000 people there, you just kept seeing the same people on the streets over and over again. They'd be like, Van Gogh, how's it going? And after a while, I got really tiresome. And I'm from New York. So they'd be like, ah, oh, Van Gogh, fuck yourself. And they were like, what? And they start crying. And I'd be like, that wasn't a Sincerity Hat thing to do. Sincerity Hat would never tell you to go fuck yourself. I don't know what's happening right now. What else is going on? Oh, my God. Well, uh, a little Mr. Brad update. We haven't talked about him in a while. Bradford's got a neat job. Bradford is now a New York tour guide be funny. He'll be taking people around Manhattan and be like, well, this is the heart of New York City right now. It ain't nothing like it was in Atlanta or nothing, but you know, it's pretty good. You Yankees did a good job. You know whatever he's gonna do. But actually he's not doing a touristy toury tour. He's doing a tour that is for specifically for specialists in history and architecture. So good for you, Mr. Brad. Good for you. And when I get information on it, I will share it with you guys. If you're in the New York area, take a tour with Brad. It'll be interesting, to say the least. So last time, I'm sure you remember that I had a falling out with my dad when he decided to publicly announce in front of visiting cousins that I was too gay. I acted too gay. I haven't spoken to either of my parents since that. I don't know if it's the mature way to handle this, but I just have nothing to say to them at this time. And I'm sure it'll all fix itself at some point. They'll leave soon and go back to Florida. And I don't know. I don't know. It's a weird thing to be happening at this time in my life. But anyway, enough of that. Let's talk about funny stuff. Let's talk about funny stuff. Now, if you're following me on the Facebook, you probably heard this story already, but you haven't heard me tell it live. You just saw me type it out. Well, there I was in CVS, and you longtime listeners know that nothing good happens to me at CVS. This is not an exception. I'm standing at the prescription counter waiting to pick something up and a woman came up to me and did something very strange she was an older woman probably in her 70s in in the standard garb for an older Russian woman in this neighborhood you know Babushka City and all that she grabbed me by the beard with both hands held on with one hand petted me down the cheek with the other and said cinnamon except like I said her being a woman of Eastern European descent, it came out like this. Cinnamon. And then she walked away. And two thoughts crossed my mind. How did she find out my dancing name Back from when I used to work at the Cheetah in the 80s, but that's not the really the one that, that haunted me. The the second thought was, did I just get thinnered? Did I just get a gypsy curse in the middle of CVS? And you're probably wondering, why would she say cinnamon? Well, I'll tell you why. I've colored my hair and my beard for the show because I know damn well when I go on stage with my pale skin and now my mostly white hair and beard, I look like a ghost. I look like clothes walk selves. I look like the invisible man. So to add a little color and definition, I dye my hair and my beard. Now I had done this at the beginning of the month and, well actually in the middle of last month, so it's kind of Grown out a bit by now. The roots have come in, particularly on my beard. So it's a nice mix of white and red, which is why I guess she said cinnamon. Oddly enough, this is the second time this has happened because one of the people I made out with at the gala conference in Denver said the same things. Like I love your beard. How it's. Uh, it, uh, I wish my hair, my beard came in that color naturally. And I said, Well, this isn't my natural color. I dyed it. He said, You dyed it, but how did you get the cinnamon highlights? Smoochie is now eating my notes for the show. Well, a girls got to eat, and I guess paper's got no calories. Oh, my God, almighty. So that happened. So now I don't know. What the aftermath of the gypsy curse is going to be. Are you going to be able to sprinkle me over your toast at breakfast? By the end of the month. I don't know. I'm sorry. This is really distracting. Smoochie. You know, cats, you know, they just love podcasting. They just have to get involved or however they can. If they're not chewing on the wires, they're eating your show notes. These are actually my show notes for the next show. So this is like some abortive thing. And, of course, the internet exploded. And I think my favorite about this whole cinnamon thing, I think my favorite thing was a tweet that came from uh, B.H. Yazuda, who said, You know, cinnamon isn't the worst thing you could be thinnered with. It could be Axe body spray. Thanks. That would be terrible. That would be a horrible thing to say. You could also, she could have also said something like, like Musilix or, or or Hasselhoff or Republican, I don't know. Ah, basic, basic. And speaking of with, speaking of basic, now not, Klutzy Tara tweeted and said, "Wow, it's like you got thinner, but instead you end up smelling like pumpkin spice." that would be basic that would be basic i'd have white bitches in lululemon pants chasing me down the block try to taste my spiciness but no cannot have my spiciness because my spiciness is mine i want to take a moment and plug another podcast i would have played a promo for them but they don't have one this is a relatively new podcast i think they only have about 10 episodes out and it's called bloody date night and it's co-hosted by my friend and former showmate uh, josh krebs who is also one of the people who are in gas station horror the improv show that i talk about on the show and i took listener lauren and her boyfriend jack to a while back and got drunk and fell asleep but that's at the point right now so What makes this show different? I'll tell you what makes it different. This show is hosted by Josh and his girlfriend Liz, Liz Richards, the delicious Liz Richards. Now, here's the gimmick. He loves horror movies. She really doesn't. So they'll pick a movie that he loves. They go and watch it separately, and then they talk about it for the first time on the air, and it's really a nice balance. I love Josh. But the show belongs to Liz. Liz is the total breakout star of this podcast because Josh is just your basic I, I, I don't say basic, but he's your enthusiastic drooling fanboy when it comes to this stuff. Whereas she is the realist. She will appreciate things. She's not gonna she doesn't put down everything that gets put in front of her, but she'll have some serious questions that the horror fan might not have because we just take things for granted. So I recommend Bloody Date Night. Go and check it out. I'll probably have them on the show at some point because that is a nice thing for people to do. What have you been watching, Patrick? I've been watching a lot of crap. For the most part, I haven't seen anything that's been great that's worthy talking about on the show. But I will have to say... Oh, that I haven't already been talked about to death everywhere else. Everybody knows Stranger Things is awesome, right? Everybody knows Barb is the best thing ever, right? Do I need to go into this? No, if you haven't watched Stranger Things, go do that. Go do that, and if you come back and tell me that Barb is stupid and a minor character and deserve what she got... I will send him in your ass. See how you like that. But, I have been watched on Netflix, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I had heard the show was good. In passing. From several people. I had just run out of stuff. That I was dying to watch. I said alright. I'll give this a spin. And I am furious. I am enraged. That in the two years. That this show has been on. Nobody. Nobody told me. That it's a fucking musical.
2: What? I got them heavy boobs, heavy boobs. Dance like dying stars. I got them heavy boobs, heavy boobs. I can't run real far. Let me break down what I just said. Each of my double D's has the volume of a toddler's head. Now bitchin' about my boobies, they look super flying shirts. But if I swung them in your face, you'd be like, oh my god, that hurts. I'm blind, holy crap, I literally can't see I have permanent retinal damage I'm suing you and your heavy boobies Heavy boobs, heavy boobs Dance like dying stars, I got them heavy boobs Heavy boobs, they each have their own memoirs
0: What? I shit my pants The first time she busted into song And all of a sudden it's a fully produced Group Choreographed massive production number what? And I thought, wow, okay, I guess it's just the first episode that that is just like a one-off thing. No, there's at least three to four songs in every show. They're all hilarious. Everybody involved is a Broadway person. You got Broadway people writing, you got Broadway people starring, and everybody looks like they're having a ton of fun, and it's smart, and it's funny, and I liked it. I've only seen the first season because I don't have cable anymore. And you go, wait, but that's on basic television, Patrick. I know, but I can't get that either. Well, I can, but I don't know when it's on. I don't have a DVR because I live on the prairie because I'm poor. And I'm going to (laughs) be... I'm going to be storing a bottle on a spice rack soon anyway. So what's the point? Huh? What's the point? I don't know. I don't know. And next show, we're going to be talking about the movie American Gothic. And I had to say I really tried to like the TV show American Gothic. But I just didn't. And now I'm angry at them because CBS doesn't get this. They say, oh, we're going to be doing a 13-week summer event. And then every time they do one of these things, the summer event doesn't end in 13 weeks. You decide to extend it into into a full series and it's just going to play out into oblivion, never get resolved, and get cancelled. Don't do that anymore. And this show just didn't hold my interest enough to continue on any further than the time I already gave to it, although the bright spot of it was that I talked about this on the show, not the specific incident, but this time period after I got back from the gala Convention, after the Republican National Convention, after the massacre in Orlando, after the shootings in Dallas, after the shootings of the unarmed men, I was in a state of serious depression where all I did for days at a time was watch the Great British Bake Off, because that was a safe place. It was calm, it was civilized. The worst thing that could possibly happen there was that you winded up with a soggy bottom. And you know what? I've been there, it's, sometimes it's not so bad, if you know what I mean. But this one particular night, I was like, oh, well, American Gothic's on, I don't want to get behind. I don't feel like watching it. And I tune in, and lo and behold, there she was. Like a beacon of light, like seeing an old friend that I've never actually met, Lynn Shea, did a great little guest shot on American Gothic, and that was the highlight of the entire damn season. The rest of it is complete boring nonsense. And what did Virginia Matson do to her face? What did she do to her face? Ladies, 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 I understand the desire to stay young. I understand the need to stay looking young in Hollywood. But what did you do to your face? It's like three times bigger than it was before, and you don't have eyes anymore, and you have to have a big blue eye. Virginia Madsen, what are you doing? What are you doing? It's like somebody came up to her in CVS and gave her a gypsy curse cat's face. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think it's time to start the show, but before we do, I have a small matter of business I got. What did I do with my phone? Here it is. Now, this tweet came from Mr... God damn it, the whole thing closed. Smooth, smooth, smooth. Smooth, smooth. Okay. This came from author Bradley J. Cornish. He sent me a song because he was transfixed by one of the stories that I told earlier in the year. Actually, on that episode where I talked about my trip to Denver, particularly that fateful flight and the friends I made on that flight. And he sent me a link to a song that refers to that Well, it ties in nicely to that wonderful, wonderful, magical, horrible day. And for actually taking the time, Bradley, and possible risk of getting yourself on FBI watch lists for Googling pussy radio, you are the Scream Queen of the Week. Congratulations, Bradley. Congratulations. That was a great thing to do. You made my day. Again, like I've been working with a lot of bad things in my life lately. The the depression, migraines, the stuff with my family, and this made me laugh and laugh and laugh. So, I'm gonna laugh a little bit more because I'm not giving you my tiara. Come on, I know you've been listening long enough to know that yes, the prize for winning Scream Queen of the Week is a tiara, but it's not my tiara, and in fact it's not any tiara, because all tiaras are mine! Now let's shut up and go to this pussy rodeo! yee Down through your pampers, bitch asses! It's time for the crapshoot! <laughs> Pull! Pull. Pull. Oh. Ew, 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 ew. So, for those of you who are new to the show, the crapshoot section is when I dive head-first into that vast sea of direct-to-video horror movie releases in search of that diamond in the shit pile. Did I find it this time? Well, it's too early to tell you. The movie I have selected is called Chill, colon, The Killing Game. So, did I find a winner, or is the ultimate loser Well, I was gonna say all of us, but I guess it would just be me for having to watch it. But it's not time to tell you yet. Well, what time is it, Patrick? Well, I'll tell you what time it is. It's time to listen to the trailer. Yeah. I'm looking for anything you might have
2: on a series of murders that happened here in town back in the '80s. It's officially started. They revolve around a game? You're talking about Chill.
3: The windows are nailed shut, the glass
1: is shatterproof. It will be completely locked away from the outside world.
2: Okay, well, Chill is this game in which you have to determine the fate of the killer before he kills you.
3: is real. People are really dead. That girl upstairs was not supposed to be here.
2: Welcome to Chill Alive. What they say about chill is true. It's not a game. It's a curse.
0: This is the story of a game. A most dangerous game. A game called Chill. Now many, many years ago, back in olden times, in the far-off land of the 1980s, Chill was all the rage. It had swept this sleepy little college town like, well, I don't know, cholera over 16th century Europe. What? I got nothing. Whatever. Work with me. Work with me. And fun was had by all who played until one fateful night. Eight college students got together to play chill. In the abandoned performing arts building on campus. And none of them saw the light of day again. <laughs> because they got murdered, silly. Somebody killed all eight of these kids, and after that, chill. Well, it wasn't quite so popular anymore. As a matter of fact, nobody played. Everyone was too scared to play. It was in bad taste to play. It was tacky, tacky, tacky. It was tackier. Then the members only jackets and acid washed jeans that those inflated Flated? That those <laughs> That the ill fated players were wearing. Wow. Okay. So I found out about Jill. I just I saw it pop up on Amazon Prime and I said, uh, I don't know about this one, but I said, Ooh, hey, part of it takes place in the 80s. I'm in. Hey, that's uh, my decade. It's what I am a child of. I am hopelessly drawn to these 80s throwback movies. Now, to be fair, this is not a throwback movie. Only this one scene, the flashback scene, happens in the 80s. The rest of it is modern times because now there's a new set of students led by one in particular, a particularly... Well, self-serving, cutthroat kind of guy. Who not only wants to revive Chill, he wants to build his fortune on it. He's got a web series plan. He has got he has gotten a group together to play Chill, and He has sold it to the internet. He's got people buying subscriptions to watch the game live to watch the players play live and die live. Die live, die live. I got nothing, okay. So after finding it on Amazon Prime and adding it to my list, I didn't watch it right away. The following day, I saw a post in one of the gay horror sites, uh, one of the gay horror group pages on the Facebook from a Mr. Roger Connors who was in the film. He said, hi, I'm in this movie, it's a slasher movie and I'm gay and my character's gay. I said, I'm in, I like all those things. I like movies, I like slasher movies. I like gay people, and I like gay characters. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. So I bumped it up on the list, and now here we all are in the middle of a crapshoot. Now, Patrick, what do you have to say? What is your verdict on Chill the Killing Game? Well, first of all, I don't understand why the game is called Chill. But then again, hey, it was the 80s. It was a time when we wore things like those acid wash jeans and members-only jackets and headbands and iron on patches. So sure, we made bad choices and maybe Chill was a bad choice of a name for this game because it doesn't really describe the game at all. But overall, the movie gets a big thumbs up from me. Oh yes, indeed it does. Now uh, there's a lot of hype on this on this on uh on IMDb and on other sites and you can actually believe the hype on this one. I will add to the hype. Now Things you have to be aware of before you go diving in expecting a masterpiece. This is shot on a micro, micro budget. And the limitations therein are often glaring. There are lighting problems. There are sound problems. There are stretches where the dialogue is extremely hard to hear. Not only is it hard to hear. I watch with the closed captions on because I'm very, very old. There are points where the closed captioning just said, mumble, 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 mumble. It's what it actually said in parentheses. Mumble, mumble, comma, mumble, mumble. I said, okay, whoever did the closed captions for this is kind of cunty, but I like it. There's pacing problems. You know, not all of the acting is stellar. But what makes it work? is that there is a spirit to it. There is an energy to it. There is a sense of fun to it that is lacking in so many major releases these days. The spirit felt like something. They came out of the 80s. It's that old Andy Hardy, let's put on a show right here in the barn kind of feel to it. And it dries things, it holds things together, and it elevates the material way beyond its teeny tiny little budget. And for all the things that went wrong, pacing problems, it takes forever for them to get to the game. When you actually get to the game, okay, I've talked about this on the show before. If you are playing a game in a movie and the game is essential to the plot of the movie, I really want to understand how the game works and I want to see it played. Not people in the midst of playing the game who are having conversations about playing the game. No, I want to see the game, and there's not a lot of it here. The gameplay itself is simple. It's also been... This this trope of even this exact game has been used in other movies. There's another movie out called The Murder Game, another micro-budget movie, which also works really well. Uh, set in a storage facility with kids playing a similar type of game. What's the game? Well, okay. Everybody takes draws a piece of paper out of a hat or a box or whatever the hell it is and that will tell you whether or not you are the killer now. You have to keep it secret. If you're the killer, your game, your your point of the game is to kill all the other players. If you're not the killer, the goal is to unmask the actual killer and survive. Okay. What makes this so different? This is a pretty straightforward game. It's grown-up tag. Okay, they add a seance at the beginning of it to help ward off evil spirits, so I can understand that. And when you hear people talking about the game in the past, you know, people who played it originally... They make it sound a lot more complicated than it actually is. They're talking about you know costumes and 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 themes. It sounds and 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 special weapons. It sounds more like Dungeons and Dragons than the game that we're getting. So there's an inconsistency there. But you know what? I don't care. Why do I not care? Because even the game itself becomes inconsequential. Because, well, in the scheme of liking the whole thing, because the characters, are a ton. Of fun. This is a slasher movie with characters I actually liked. What? What? It's a character movie where not everyone is a bitch and awful to each other? What? Can you believe it? Again, a nice throwback to the 80s, whether conscious or otherwise. I was sad more than once when a character died, more than twice, actually, more than three times. I liked this group of people. And yeah, like I said, the acting isn't always great, but they're written surprisingly well. Characters have nice bits of depth. They have uh, quirks to them and idiosyncrasies that make them fun. Yes, there's a goth girl in it who makes, you know, movies, uh, uh, internet films about, you know, ghosts and cemeteries and she's all creepy and her name's Raven blah. Yeah, we've seen this character a million times, but when she has a complete character reversal when she finds out that also playing the game with her is a formal child former child star that she had a super crush on when she was a little girl and she turns into this raving goth version of a of a of a, of a, of a crazed preteen girl. amazing. Smart choices smart choices smart surprising choices that made these people extremely interesting, extremely likable, and broke my heart when somebody bit the big one. Of course, my mind just went to a dirty place, because that's what my mind does, but I'm just not going to continue down that road, because let's be real, let's be mature for a while. We're still talking about a movie here. Good lord. The other thing that I thought was fun involving the characters, normally... In a slasher movie, you can figure out right away, or just a horror movie in general, you know who's going to be fighting the final battle. You know who's going to live to that final reel. This movie, it was not exactly clear. I was looking at all of these characters going, I can't tell who the final girl is. Any one of them possesses the traits and the likability factor that you want to see for that person that is left standing at the end of the movie, maybe. And then it occurred to me, there's Roger Connors' character. He's the Mr. Brad of the group. He's the tech guy. He's running the computers. He's got all the cameras set up. And he's been doing a lot of the Nancy Drew investigation stuff that takes up the bulk of the first half of the movie. And I said, oh my goodness, instead of a final girl, is this movie gonna give me a final girl? Well, I'm not telling. But just having that on the table gave me a little tingle. Okay, it gave me a big tingle. And you know how I love my tingles. Thank you for the tingle, chill killing game. My goodness, it should be called Tingle the Chingle Game. What? I got nothing. There, there are some plot holes in all this. Despite the deceptively simple plot, there are some holes. There are things that made me go, what? A lot of it might have something to do with that there were sound problems, and I was missing portions of dialogue. Part of it might be that I was dealing with a psychotic cat in real life. Part of it may be, I don't know. I, it, I don't know. But there are there's an issue with time. Now, we know that the original group of kids died in the 80s. Now what part of the 80s, we don't know. That's a long decade. Playing the game in the present is the son of one of the women who was killed in that original game. And that particular actor did not look remotely old enough to be over 30. As he would be at this point. He would have to be. Now, I could let that go. I could say, oh, maybe you just didn't have anyone in your wheelhouse that was that. No, because there are plenty of older actors in this and various other parts. Again, minor point, let it go. We all know by the posters that the douchebag who's running this whole thing had put up has been putting up all over town that the game is taking place on June 17th. Yet, for some reason, the characters all seem to be wearing clothes for a much colder climb. Mitt. I don't know why I put a hyphen in there. I was just going to say a colder climb, and then I realized it sounded weird. But never mind. Forget it. Forget it. Forget it. They're dressed wrong. Most of them are in a class together at this college. I can't figure out what this class is supposed to be. Is it filmmaking? Is it documentary filmmaking? Is it a crime class? I don't know what this class is supposed to be. Again, minor point doesn't mean anything. In the original game where everybody died, who killed them? Was it one of the other players? Was it unsolved? Did I miss something? I don't know. Let it go. It doesn't really matter. Live in the now. Live in the now. There's some unnecessary weapon switching. The killer's look is actually quite cool. It takes a while before you see him for the first time, but he's wearing one of those plague doctor masks that look like a bird, you know, with the big, long, beaky nose thing. And that's great. And this is just me for, for, for um, symmetry's sake and just for cleanliness. At a certain point, he's got a nice, iconic weapon. He's got a sword cane. Uses to beat a victim and then stab them. I said, well, there you go. That's all you needed for the movie. Yet there's a lot of weapon switching between similar weapons as a hammer and then like a sledgehammer and then a rock. There's a lot of bludgeoning in this and that's perfectly fine, but you had a bludgeoning tool with you already that was iconic. It could have been like Mrs. What was her name? Slater. Slater. Mrs. Slater. Mrs. Slater from House on Sorority Row. It could have been like her cane, but no, not weapon switching. points. Minor points. Minor points. And finally, my biggest issue. We didn't get enough cha cha. Wait, what? There was there was cha cha dancing? No, there was not cha cha dancing. There was a character in it named Cha Cha, who was the most interesting thing up there, who I immediately gravitated to. She was a she's a great feisty gal. She shows up to this class with a documentary on burlesque dancers. She's just big and Bold and not the best actress, but a great, fun personality. Someone I said I would hang out with Chacha. Chacha, I want to go for margaritas with you. I want to get drunk with you at brunch, Chacha. Chacha doesn't last long. She doesn't even make it to the game. We need more Chacha. cha is the Barb of Chill the Killing King. <laughs> she is Barb from Stranger Things. How dare you? How dare you kill off Chacha so quickly? But I forgive you, chill, The Killing Game. I forgive you for giving me hope that slasher movies can still be entertaining. Thank you for giving me a movie that's not an 80s throwback but is more of an 80s throwback than any of the current crop of modern movies that that are set in the 80s with slashers. No. You gave me something that was refreshing. And fun. With likable characters. That I mourned. Sorry. I'm thinking about cha again. Ah! Oh that shit would have been a great final girl. Not the point right now. And I. Have my hats off. To the filmmakers. If you were able. To pull something together. Warts and all. That is still head and shoulders above so much of your bigger budget competition that you were able to do this on a minuscule amount of money. I look forward to seeing what you're going to do next. I look forward to seeing what, watching you grow as your bank accounts grow and your budgets grow. Congratulations to all involved and chill the killing game. You won today's game. You. Survive the shoot. You are the hit that rose out of the shit No tiara for you. Sorry, but Chill the killing game. Check it out on Amazon Prime. Let me know what you thought Especially if you like to just tell me you love me. Tell me I was right. I need your validation God, I'm pathetic, but you know what isn't this movie. Go see it. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done.
2: your weary head and let your heart
0: So the main feature of the week is the major studio release "Don't Breathe" from the people who brought you the Evil Dead remake. If you've been living under the, uh, if you haven't been living under a rock, you already know all about this movie. But I'm going to pretend that you know you do live under a rock, and I'm going to talk about it anyway. But regardless of whether you live under a rock or 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 above a rock or 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 wherever it is that you choose to abide, you might be wondering. Patrick, is it worth seeing on the big screen? Well, I'm going to tell you. In a minute. After we listen to the trailer. But no. Rest assured. The next few minutes will be spoiler-free. Because I respect your asses. Okay, okay. Where's that trailer? Oh, wait, here it is. Right about now. The lips look sore.
2: That's how you're making your cash out there? <laughs> what do you say you and I move away from mom together? It's a promise. You're leaving? Yeah, as soon as I have the money.
1: When are you coming back? Never. Yo, I got our ticket out of here. Rumor is this guy is sitting on at least 300k. Ooh. That's her guy.
2: Wait, is he blind?
1: We messed up to rob a blind guy, isn't it? Just because he's blind, don't mean he's insane, bro.
2: Guys, money's probably in there. Who's there? Stay right there. How many of you are there? (laughs) Just man, alright? Just let me go, please! (laughs)
0: we go any further, I'm just going to tell you right up front, yes, Don't Breathe is absolutely worth your time and your money to see it on the big screen. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was a little surprised myself, mainly because I had seen the trailers so many times, and for so long, I felt like I had already seen everything that the movie had for me. And while there is some truth to that, uh, up until the halfway point of the movie, I said, I've seen all of this. I know where this is going. And maybe I do know where it's going, but in reality, I didn't know how we were getting there all the time. And that, that made it still fun. Still, I don't understand people who were putting together trailers. You don't need to show as much as you do because there were some some things that should have been surprises there were some things that maybe you didn't out and out say it directly in the trailer but you gave me enough information that I was expecting something Perhaps you shouldn't have let me know that there was the locked door with something awful behind it. Granted, didn't tell me what was behind it, but I was kind of able to figure it out on my own, even before I stepped foot in the theater. That much said, despite an over-informative trailer, there are still enough thrills and surprises and twists and turns and suspense to make it worth your while, and your time, and your money. So, yeah, what's working for me here is, again, we're set in Detroit, and I am happy a lot of these movies are taking advantage of of, (laughs) Detroit's economic downturn, because as Joe Borelli and I said in our discussion on It Follows, many, many moons ago, Detroit's a haunted city now. It's half-dead in spots and this uses it in a different way than say only lovers left alive and it follows did even though all three of them had the same location i don't know what it is i called it a parking garage i was informed by guest elena acker frequent guest of the show elena acker that whatever that space is is not a parking lot parking garage she told me what it is but I forgot what it is. She's from Detroit. She knows these things. But it doesn't really matter. Hey, it's, it's, it's just nice to see their economy coming back through movies. Or at least trying to. Hey, but are we talking about economy? No. We're talking about a movie. I liked, I liked the cast. I hated the people in the cast that was posted. Hate. And you've got a fantastic villain. Or victim. Depending on how you look at it. Uh, he's only known as the blind guy. And he's, of course, the intended victim who turns out, he ain't going quietly into that good night and he's going to protect his business. Now, he's played by veteran actor Stephen Lang who has been in everything and he is a find in this. They are very lucky to have gotten him because he adds so many layers of depth to, to this victim turned villain. And I'm being bitten by a cat right now. Because this is my life. Smoochie doesn't know to talk about this movie. Don't worry Smoochie. I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not going to spoil it for all the nice peoples out there. Because not only are you afraid. Of Stephen Lang. And what he's capable of. I felt bad for him as well. He is the victim here. And he's had some rough times. That has led up to this. Horrific night. And the young cast is equally as good. And Spoochie, please. Thank you. Thank you. And let's just say he looks really hot in a wife beater. Yeah. Yeah. Love a good daddy and a wife beater. And you know, okay, so his eyes are, you know, burned out of his skull. But you know what? That's okay. That's okay. Just turn the lights out. Just enjoy. Just enjoy about it. What are you saying? Well, I got to see it on a Friday night in the theater, which is exciting for me because as I've complained on the show many, many times, going to the theaters now, the movie theaters in New York City, is going to cost me 18 to $25 dollars. And I'm out of work right now, so this is a big investment. But I found a gift card that I'd gotten for Christmas that I'd forgotten all about of it. Uh, Forgotten all about of it, is what I just said. Forgotten all about it. So that was, Christmas came a little late or a little early, depending on, on how you look at it. And I got to see it with a nice, perfect crowd storm. Everybody was very behaved. I was a little put off at the beginning because, as the movie was starting... These people brought in a baby, like a full-on baby, like a baby they gave birth in the parking lot and then brought the baby in. And I said, really? Really? So I was expecting a lot of crying and whinging and blubbering, but no, the kid was quiet. Maybe they gave him, you know, some downers. I don't know, gave him a fifth of vodka in his bottle. I don't know. I don't care. The baby was well-behaved. So, yes, it was a well-behaved, good, ready-to-play audience, and that always helps in this kind of situation. I love it when an audience screams, you don't get that very often, but there was lots of screaming in this theater and it's always, always adds to the roller coaster ride. Something else this movie does very well. Yeah, it's chock full of jump scares, which makes sense a lot of the movie doesn't have any dialogue because characters are trying to stay quiet so that scary blind man can't find them. But they do jump scares correctly meaning there's not 30 seconds of the music cuts off and then you count 3 and then they go blah like every other horror movie right now no these were well crafted jump scares that would happen the way they would happen it i can't really describe what that means without giving things away so i'm not going to I appreciated that, even though our main characters are thieves, we understand why. We see the economic dur- turn down that this city has forced upon them. You know, we got our main girl Rocky, who is a single mom and she's living with her m- her own mother, who does not think highly of her and is dating a neo-Nazi because that's fun. That's fun. So she has absolute reason to try to get her daughter out of there by any means possible. And the other two, there's the there's the one guy who's like really vanilla and his dad owns a security company, so therefore he has keys and codes and gizmos to help them break into people's houses. I I'm not sure a security companies carry your house keys i don't know maybe they do that seems a little odd to me but you know again minor nitpicky points just get us in the house and let's get the game going and even the the one who is the loose cannon whose name is money uh-huh after state money of 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 arimathea i got nothing Uh he is the right kind of despicable And it sets up the foil because, you know, it's a love triangle going on there as well because I'm assuming money is the father of Rocky's child. It's not really said, but they seem to be together. But, you know, the other guy, whose name I don't have right now, is making goo-goo eyes at Rocky the whole time. And, you know, it's just drama, 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 drama. There are a few things in the movie, nitpicky things, that I'm going to talk about because i got to get them off my chest because I haven't talked about it with anybody. Things that bothered me that are not going to spoil the movie for you. For a trio of somewhat experienced burglars, they have no problem running around yelling each other's actual names over and over again in front of their intended victim you know you know even, even even anyone who's seen any episode of I don't know NYPD Blue with there's a bank robbery, you make up code names or you don't say each other's names, especially when you have a girl named Rocky. That's gonna make you really easy to find if you get out of there and this guy goes to the police, regardless of the fact that he's trying to kill you. Like in a normal situation, you don't use each other's names, children. Come on now. That is not okay. That is not smart. That is how you end up smacked up in the Who To use 1930s slang. And I could have let it slide a bit more if they weren't so damn insistent on it. There was a point in the final reel where it felt like the last reel of titanic jack rose jack jack rose rose jack rose jack jack rose jack jack rose rose jack jack rose, jack rose jack rose dr scott janet brad rocky uh don't breathe how about don't use each other's given names what are you doing kids what are you doing Since the character is blind and therefore cannot track them by sight, yes, for the most part, he's tracking them by hearing. But every now and then, he's able to track them by smell. And they took their shoes off when they first entered the house to make less noise. And he's walking through the hall. And across the room, he smells their shoes. And he finds three sets of shoes, so now he knows how many people are in the house. Okay, I have to put pause because Smoochie is going bananas. Gosh darn kitties. There, I have dealt with the situation so very quickly. Cats, man. Come on, I know you love podcasting and everything, but let me do it. I just want to be on the show. Well, you can't be on the show, Smoochie. Not unless he has something to say. You can't just come on the on show and bite me over and over because it's an audio podcast. They can't see that. All right, she's settled down now. Where was I? Okay, so he knows this three sets of shoes. Here's the thing. The movie is very, very smart, and I appreciate that. I like that. So when it does something dumb, it annoys me. What's so dumb about tracking people by the smell of their shoes? Nothing. There's nothing dumb about that. Except if his sense of smell is so sharp that he can smell a set of strange shoes from across the way, from across the room, rather, he should be able to easily find characters that smoke. Of the three people in there, two of them smoke. Joints and cigarettes. Rocky has a huge joint, maybe it's a cigarette, I don't know, just before they go in the house. And I know darn well she'd be reeking like a big, fat joint. No, I know that's me. This is me talking from personal experience. After I switched from smoking cigarettes to using a vape pen, that I can smell cigarettes from a mile away now. If you've come into a room, I could be like fifty feet away from you and I will be able to smell your ass. So the fact that they are in very small environments, let's say a closet, the the, the blind guy and one of the let's say rocky, I would know that somebody in here was a smoker. Now, maybe if they had established that the blind guy was also a smoker, that would kind of cancel that out because you can't smell it then because you think you're smelling yourself. And, you know, I mean, I like smelling myself sometimes, but, you know, that's not neither here nor there. That has nothing to do with the movie. But, yeah, so it's little things like that that get on my nerves. After everything is said and done, there is a, a, a cut scene at the end. Well, not a cut scene, but just the way everything wraps up up, what they stuck in at the very, very end after all the action was over, I didn't care for it. So, great, you gave me an hour and, let's say, an hour and a half movie and three minutes of it, I didn't care for. That's pretty good odds. That's pretty good odds. Does it take away from the rest of the movie? Absolutely not. Here's something I want to say about the experience itself, which was fun. I said it was a perfect audience. Now that I'm talking about it, I'm now remembering that's not true because I had the people who came in late who sat behind me and then just wouldn't shut up. They didn't really understand the fact that we're in Detroit and this is a neighborhood that is abandoned. This guy is the only person around for blocks. She's just like, where are the neighbors? How come there's no neighbors? I don't see any neighbors. I'd be in the next house over calling the police. Blah, blah, blah. Start running to the neighbor's house. Why didn't you go knock on a neighbor's door? And this woman had it, had it, had it explained to her by people next to her that there is nobody around. Nobody lives there anymore. But it did not really get through her big, stupid Head, So it's just like shut up But at least she was amusing me So I didn't mind that much Here's my beef And it has nothing to do with the movie itself the, Whatever day the movie came out Whatever Friday that was I went on the Facebook And somebody spoiled The big scene It's not in the trailer And it involves a twist And I'm not going to spoil it and it was right there, and it's supposed to like, say, Oh my God, don't breathe was so awesome. I couldn't believe the scene where somebody took a full of and. Now, if you've seen the movie, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you haven't seen the movie, good. You should know what I'm talking about because it's amazing. But I was pissed. I'm like, Bitch, it's not even noon. Did you go to, like, a Dawn screening of the movie so you can have it spoiled for everybody before? Nobody had a chance to see it yet. And it's the best part. It's the money scene. And it's, well, I bleeped it out. But let's just say the mental image that that conjured up was so specific that I'm now waiting for it. I'm wondering, how does that particular item feature into the story? Why is that laying around? So, of course, now I'm thinking about it and I'm figuring stuff out. That I shouldn't have been able to figure out. And that annoys me. Damn you people. Damn the internet. And then I saw it throughout the day. He was just the first one. Throughout the day. I just saw people over and over and over. Spoiling this money moment. And that is not okay. Now I said I was annoyed. By the detail. That the blind guy couldn't smell. The people who smoke cigarettes. However. There is other attention to detail. That I found very impressive. In the final battle, during the climax I should say, our heroine clearly has on the side of her face, by her eyes, a big wad of (laughs) on her face and that ties into the thing before and I said ah, ah, ah. they didn't call attention to it but I spotted it cuz you know let's just say I've been there what again you people who haven't seen the movie are like what what what's he talking about what's he talking about those of you who have you're like are now thinking you dirty whore and yes absolutely right yes I am and I am proud I am proud and I say you haven't lived until you've gone outside with on your face and I've lived a lot <laughs> So, don't breathe. It's still playing in the theater. Go support horror. Make sure that we're going to get more things like this down the line. Something original that's not a remake, that's not a reboot, that's not a revamp. Something that's stone cold, straight up great. Don't breathe. I liked it. And so will you. And if you don't, call me, yell at me. I love it. Make daddy feel naughty for giving you bad advice. Not that I ever do. Shut up. Shut up. Let's get out of here. Let's go. Let's go.
2: I took a course in-
3: I wanted to give you a Ooh. quick call here while I'm on my way to work. Hi, Pickle. And I wanted to give a couple of quick thoughts on some movies I got to check out. Yes. first one being, uh, not too long after I saw your post on Facebook about seeing Sausage Party, I got to go check it out yeah. on Saturday. It was the second movie in a double feature my girlfriend and I went, you know, did for ourselves. We tried to go check out a couple. And... It is probably one of the funniest and raunchiest comedies I've seen in a long time. I told you. Once it gets going, because in the beginning, I kind of felt like, you know, I'm like, yeah, okay, they're, you know, saying cunt, fuck, shit, all right. That's
0: what I said. Mm -hmm. But
3: then once it got rolling, it just kind of embraced how ridiculous it could get
0: Mm -hmm.
3: and how far they could push the envelope. I enjoyed it. I was probably looked at like a crazy person because there were several times where I laughed out loud over the movie, but I don't care. Now, Bucket the first you movie paid. we got to check out on this uh, day at the cinema was Don't Breathe.
2: Yes. Ooh, the new
3: movie that. by Fede Alvarez who did the, I believe it was 2013 when uh, it came out, the Evil Dead remake, yeah, which well. I really liked. So going into this, yes. I was really, really happy Yes, about checking this out. Spit and it out. I did not leave the theater disappointed. <sighs> I went in with minimal expectations, which nervous. is what I've been doing lately, and I enjoyed it. Once it got moving, and I'm not going to give any spoilers because I'm not sure who's seen it and who has it, I very much felt that it went into, like, a very slasher-type feel <laughs> and had that kind of suspense about it, and I really enjoyed it. So... Yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm not going to go any further because if I start getting into too much, it'll give details away. And
0: Ex- I don't want to mm-hmm.
3: spoil it, but I highly recommend Don't Breathe. And, yeah, it was it was fuck a guy enjoyable.
0: It was fuck a guy enjoyable.
3: You'll understand.
0: Later, guys. I'm yelling into the microphone. I'm sorry, everybody. That was funny. That was a sausage party joke. And if you didn't see it, that's just too damn bad. Okay, Jeff, thank you for calling in again. Once again, you are my lone voicemail. You might be my lone listener at this point. I don't know. But yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed Sausage Party. I did too. Not only did that movie push the envelope, it fucked the envelope in the butt. That's what that movie did. (laughs) And in a good way. And I'm glad you're like, don't breathe too. And I'm glad you didn't spoil anything. Because I would have had to kick your ass. But I I am a little upset about something that you said in this call i, I i'm quite perturbed as a matter of fact you said you went to the movies with with your girlfriend your girlfriend i thought we had something special jeff you told me i was the one what about our baby jeff Esteban needs a father, Jeff. I will not be ignored, Jeff. (laughs) I will boil your bunny. Is that your girlfriend's name? If her name was Bunny and I boiled her, that would be really bad. What a terrible thing to say, Jeff. Thank you for calling. I love you. Bye. So, well, that's it for the voicemail this episode. I did get some tweets and other messages through other formats. First of all, I want to say thank you to Sarah from the U.K., Who sent me a belated anniversary message for the show saying that Scream Queens has always been her favorite podcast and a happy 6th anniversary. Thank you, Sarah. Uh, Pip-pip. Cheerio, whatever. Okay, thanks. Okay. But the other thing that interesting happened, the other thing that interesting happened is not even remotely a proper sentence, so we're just going to keep going like everything was completely normal with that. In regards to last episode evil laugh and the discussion therein, I got quite a few messages regarding this movie and in particularly here, that cleaning montage that we were all so fond of. Misty Kitty wants to know what? You don't like close-up ass shots that can't seem to shake on rhythm? No, Misty Kitty. It's not that. It's not that those butts can't keep the beat. It's that they all had pancake ass. Every single one of them. How is it possible that you got a cast of, what, eight people, got them to dance and shake their booty in tight close-up, and not one of them had anything resembling an ass? It was just flat space. They were shaking those short shorts, and I don't know how they stayed up. There was nothing to hold them on. I guess it's just one of the many, many mysteries of the house in that movie. Strange things, strange things. I also got a message from Missy Tina, who wanted to know. Well, actually, she supplied some knowledge. She said, hey, maybe the microwave was able to work with the door open because it's left over from the house when the massacre happened back in the 70s. Those old things, man, they were dangerous, city. They could sterilize you. Too bad they didn't sterilize Stephen Bayo. Yeah, that's true. That is true. And actually, you're right. I do remember those first microwaves in the 70s. They did not have a safety mechanism. You could run them with the door open for that exact reason. You could open the door really wide. So you could bread eagle yourself, put your testicles inside the microwave and give yourself a vasectomy without giving yourself a vasectomy. Those were the days. Those are the days. I love a good DIY spirit that's just missing in the microwaves of today. I would love to put my testicles in my microwave, but, well, given that it's above the the, uh, the stove, it would take a mean feed and probably a crane of some kind or a sling of... Never mind. Why are we talking about my testicles in a microwave? What's the matter with you people? My goodness God. And on that note, I think it is time to wrap this puppy up for another episode. So if you want to be like Jeff and all the people who contacted the show and made it even cooler and more awesome than it was going to be anyway, by all means, pick up your phone, stick your finger on them buttons, and dial 917-720-2047 or... You can write me an email at crew at screamqueens.com. And of course, as always, that's Queens with a Z. You can like me on Facebook by doing a search on Scream Queens Horror Podcast. You could follow me on Twitter by looking at Scream Queens, of course, Queen Queens with a Z. You can find me on Instagram. No TR for you. I'm still figuring out how that shit works. And I don't know. Find me. However, you find me. Find me. I don't care how you get here. Get here if you can. Okay. Now, I want to talk about something really quickly before we go. I'm trying to move on to a new facet of the the podcast. I'm trying to get other things going on that haven't been going on. And one of the things I would like to get going is merchandise. However, my artistic merits do not lie in the visual arts. I'm a performer, not a shower, and I'm also a grower. What? If you have ideas for merchandise or like things to put on a t shirt, you know, catchphrases, or if you are artistically inclined and know how to do that sort of thing and make pretty things, please contact me. I would love to work with you to come up with some cool things to sell to cool people. I'm also looking for a new logo. I'm looking for a logo, baby. A logo, baby. Wow, it's just all the hits of the 80s and 90s here today on Scream Queens. Yeah, if you're, if you're good with that sort of thing as well, if you're good with graphic design and can come up with a good logo or have an idea for a logo and you can tell me how to do it or recommend somebody, that would be really cool. I'd be your friend for life and maybe we could work out some sort of a deal of some kind. I don't know. Sex. What? Who said sex? Did you say sex, Moochie? Moochie, don't say sex to my listeners. That's a terrible thing to say. So coming up next time, we're going to be talking with my special guest, Manuel Canary. He is, among many other things, he is the host of the brand new podcast, the Wild Angel podcast, which talk about the films of Roger Corman. And he does it in a way, unlike most genre podcasts, it's very intelligent, very well produced, very scripted, and a breath of fresh air. For such a wonderfully sleazy topic. I'm very excited to have him on. We're going to be talking about the 1988 movie, American Gothic, starring Yvonne DiCarlo and a whole bunch of other people. And the thing about Manuel is that he's, hes okay, he's so good looking, I'm already kind of hyperventilating. just and it's, I'm only going to talk to him on the phone and I'm nervous. It's not even a date. It's nothing. It's nothing. I, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. So... <laughs> Manuel's probably listening to this right now going, I'm out. Fuck this. I'm out. He's already crazy. Well, that's okay. I always develop a crush on all of my guests. It lasts about four days, and then I'm done with you, and you are dismissed. And you know what? All of you out there, for, for the moment, I'm done with you too, and you are dismissed. So until next time, my beautiful, beautiful screamers, continue to make the world a creepier place, and remember, the f- Scream Queens, I can't even remember what I was supposed to say, the Scream Queens Code of Contact, fight or flight, survive the night, make it to the final reel, baby, oh yeah!
2: Bye! I got hunting for witches